Please be advised, the Kind of Movie Critics podcast may contain spoilers. This includes most of the movies you're going to want to see. This shit also contains profanity, so there's that. Enjoy. Yo, yo, this is Treasy. Hey, hey, this is Corey. It's Martin the Mailman. It's your man Chandler. And I'm Young Lazy. And we're the Kind of Movie Critics uh, here for the top of 2021. Shwanty one. How how the Asian what? dude do it? <laughs> that was terrible. Forty five, forty six, forty six. I just I just bit that. I just bit that. Our 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 <laughs> guest today was fresh off the microphone, counting like the Vietnamese dude um, that went viral last year. Uh, uh, if y'all didn't read the if y'all didn't read the bio for the episode, we got a special guest for y'all. Mad skills. What's up, boy boy? Hey, happy New Year, guys. How you feeling, man? Happy to be back with the KMC family. Yeah, thank you for it's coming your third back. Third appearance with us. I, this is the yeah, first time you that know? you've been on with Chandler, though, I think. Yes. 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 Yeah. I believe and so, me. yes. I, I missed the other one. You missed all the other ones? You were on Rapper Turn Actors? Yeah, no, I missed it. Wow. You missed oh, that one, yeah. Corey? Yeah, I did. Oh, I yeah, he did. He did. He well, you know what? I think this like one's on probably going to be the best of the three because we got the we finally got the white guys in. So that's a fact. Hey. That's a fact. Y'all got hey. some explaining to do, man. Y'all, I, need, I need to know where y'all was at January sixth. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Everybody, they was on Grooney Podca- with us. Calm down. Uh, Podcast just went Funny left. Uh, Chandler had this whole bit. He was like, oh, he's never met me before. So, like, I'm just going to talk in an accent that isn't mine and see if he realizes that, like, I don't really talk like that. <laughs> that was a consideration. I aborted that mission, but I, I was thinking about doing it. Yeah. I was Glad I looking didn't, forward though. to it. Skills, skills wouldn't have noticed. That's the funny part. No, like- that, and that, I've done it once before. I did it, you know, I've talked about how I used to, like, uh, tour and play music, and I did it at one show. Um, and it went pretty well, like the whole night. Like there were semi-notable people there, and I really felt like I was killing it. And then there was just one dude who like looked me square in the eye and was like, "I know you're faking that accent." And uh, it, <laughs> I had no clue what, what to say to this doing? man. Uh, just like a normal, you know, like a British, like just kind of, you know, something I'm comfortable with. You know, I could do it for a long time. Wow. But he knew it was funny. <laughs> it sounds that amazing. Had to be very awkward. It was horrible. Corey, it was horrible because I was trying to like wink at this guy and be like, okay, like (laughs) ease up. (laughs) Yeah, I'm doing a bit. And he was like, not, he was like angry. He felt offended that I had like tried to bamboozle him with this accent. You know what's funny, Skills? You tried it three times, and all three times, yours is terrible, bro, by the way. Just to let you know. First of all, Tracy. First of all, Tremaine. He couldn't wait to break out that fake Cagney, Cogney, whatever that zone is. You sound like that little boy. I'm not on a Enjoy your day. Enjoy your day. day. I don't think that's that bad. Enjoy your day. It's actually not that bad. It's just a little. It's a little. A little. A little. A little. <laughs> no, that's Jamaican. Calm down. Tracy, you're oh, very Nicole, oh, yeah, I'm uh, highly confused. You know my, you know my, uh, my impressions game is in the you trash. Ain't never bro. been nowhere. So that's also, just if you want to sell it, guys, typically British people don't say a little; they say a bit. A bit. Just throwing that out there, if you want to oh. commit. And it's never just big. A bit. It's always isn't it? massive, isn't it? <laughs> it's never massive. Yes, that's good. You don't, you don't say big; you say massive. It's massive. <laughs> They say huge. Yo, did did the uh, did the the Brits did they uh, did they invent gaslighting with that massive shit? Maybe not. That 
Moving along. But I think <laughs> he, went, he really went clean in it. No, clean let's leave that in it. You really went for a joke there, and none of us got it. You all the way out the window. <laughs> well, if you the want way to hear you, the way you the way you did that was massive. Was massive. Mike, <laughs> like, you had a joke. And you were confident about it, and you didn't go small with it, mate. You went massive, mate. It was crazy. Uh, cheers. Cheers, mate. Funny, hey, cheers to you, mate. Hey, well, listen, while we got y'all laughing and got y'all's attention, make sure you pull out your phone and and, and uh, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Kinda Movie Critics and uh, on Twitter at Kinda Movie Crits. K- K-I-N-D-A for Kinda Crits, C-R-I-T-S. And I really fucked that up, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Um, movie movie is spelled M-O-V <laughs> I hate y'all so much y'all are the most unsupportive cast on planet earth unsupportive is spelled U-N <laughs> oh man oh, this, so, this is gonna be fun this is gonna be fun alright bet well let's get to it man well obviously we got mad skills on because we are wrapping up some of the things that got us through the year the shitty year 2020 um uh you know effectively known as the newest testament 2020 and um uh, it, it just didn't seem like a better guess it was either skills or uncle murder and i think we chose skills <laughs> we chose <laughs> skills <laughs> no, that one, that one landed yeah i went massive <laughs> You know, uh, we we had skills on the previous the the previous episode. Rappers turn actors. We had them on for Queen and Slim. Um, mm, you that know, was a big episode, Queen and Slim. That was a big episode, man. We, I, was, I, I I did a lot of damage. Yeah, you went massive <laughs> that episode. <laughs> I went, it was massive. In yeah. yeah. it. So, uh, and if y'all haven't heard, you know, the 2020 wrap up, make sure you go and uh, listen to that, man, just to kind of relive what 2020 was. Uh, you wrapped that up very well this year, Skills. If, oh, if, thank you, man. If, um, you know, I, I appreciate you and you and Christopher Shaper with the assists. We made something special. Yes, and Andrew sir. Hypes and Mike Williams, we made something special this year. It was pretty dope. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. But um, the, the, the worst year turned into one of the best projects yeah. ever. You know what I'm saying? Isn't that funny how that it's happens, just, man? It's crazy where you find inspiration from. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, we definitely glad you delivered on that. And if if, if y'all if you know if y'all are looking for a new po- podcast to get into, uh, Skills has his Hip Hop Confessions podcast, and there's a whole episode on the wrap up 2020 uh, where we yep. talk about the making of that joint. Um, you want to plug Hip Hop mm-hmm. Confessions while we here for it? Yeah, Hip Hop Confessions is uh, it used to be a TV show uh, that we started about ten years ago. And uh, I stopped doing it because I couldn't find people to be honest and want to have conversations. And then we stopped it. And then a year later, podcast happened. <laughs> right. And then you so turned it we into were, a podcast. Yeah, the truth that like it's it, this that shit. I know it sounds like it's non-factual, but it's you could check the YouTube dates. Like we was doing hip hop confessions ten years ago, and nobody wanted people like they were still trying to be cool. And nobody wanted to tell stories and shit. So we stopped. And then uh. Yeah, Drink then podcasts happen, and yeah. then you know everybody was always on me about you should bring it back, you should bring it back. Treasy being one of those people, mm-hmm. and then uh, I just decided I was like, fuck it, let's just do it, and uh, it's been it's taking off, it's it's building quite fast. Yeah, man, very glad you brought it back. It's an enjoyable podcast, my brother. So y'all can find oh, that you, on uh, 
Y'all can find that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all that other shit that we're not here to YouTube, talk about. Everybody. <laughs> we're not here to talk about your wag ass podcast, nigga. We're here to talk about oh, 2020. Shit. Hey, uh, right, by the way, I had a, I have a show called Act Three, uh, you know, just uh relevant. <laughs> yeah, fuck Act Three Two. While we're at it. <laughs> no, that's, they said fuck yeah, Act right. Three Two. That's yeah, a double right, entendre. That's, don't even ask me how, bro. That's the thing. That was massive. That was massive. <laughs> So let's talk about it, man. Let's get into it, man. What are the, the the movies and the television shows that got us through the year 2020? What we're going to do is we're going to pick two a person, and we're just going to kind of sit there and talk about the things that got us through the newest testament of a year. And we're going to start with you, Skills, because you're the guest. Oh, okay. Um, well, two things that – two programs that helped me out during quarantine this year were um, actual – Older shows, uh, I binge watched a lot of uh, Soul Train episodes and uh, New York Undercover. Uh, okay, why Soul Train? <laughs> yeah, like what, because, what, what do you get out of Soul Train? <laughs> well, first of all, I'm a music nerd. Um, yeah. And Soul Train is a, uh, you know, a monumental show that Don Cornelius created. They had a, a, a TV show based on it called American Soul about the behind the scenes of it but um it doesn't air anymore and um i'm a i'm a sucker treasy can tell you i'm a sucker for anything that reminds me of my childhood yep. i've spent countless amount of money on things that just remind me of when i was 12 or 11 years old so the fact that i'm walking around with a hard drive that has 800 episodes of soul train on it like raw episodes like because it's only 1100 made and i have 800 i'm still trying to get those those last ones but um i found a guy on a a website that had all of the new york undercovers as well on a dvd oh wow so i I bought them he sent them to me and i ripped them all made mp4s of them sent them to my friends and uh new york undercover saved me during quarantine because you know those shows will never air too because of the music because then you have to re-clear the music and oh. it's dot so so imagine like so imagine like at the end of a New York undercover episode, right? And fucking uh uh what's the two Natalie's. detectives? Oh. Jay's oh. yeah, at Natalie. Torres so Torres and <laughs> J C are are sitting in Natalie's and the OJs are singing on stage. It's dialogue fucking Biggie, La India, right, everybody so it, It's dialogue in the scenes while the OJs are singing a song. So you couldn't even replace the music and put in something else. To overdub the shit, cause oh wow! So the fact that I'm walking around with, you know, over 800 episodes of Soul Train and all seasons of New York Undercover, I couldn't wait to watch some shit. Yeah. And the first one I watched was the Sticky Fingers Yo Yo episode. Uh, <laughs> remember that one? Wow. No, I don't. But like, yo, what the fuck? I, I don't even remember Sticky Fingers and Yo Yo being on the thing. Oh, what season was a, that? It was a killer story. I want to say it was season one. Uh. Cause he 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 was a rapper. Sticky Fingers was a rapper, and JC's son was you know was uh, listening to his songs. Like all the all the nigga need is a bitch and a gat. A nigga ain't down <laughs> if he ain't like that. And his he he ended up killing his DJ like through a hitman. What? And, but Sticky Fingers was fucking. He 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 killed his DJ because he wanted to be bigger because you know dead dead rappers get better promotion. So yeah, man, like and you gotta understand 
you gotta understand watching those episodes you see so many i see a young viola davis word like it, biggie was in it mc light it was basically law and order for black people like right. it was it was a yeah. hip-hop law and order it's yeah. a dick wolf show i just yeah. uh-huh. I, I i asked that question like i was like yo netflix why you don't got new york on the cover i mean they don't give a fuck about me tweeting them but that's something the last i would love time to I see saw on like a prime was, uh, video or new york on the cover mm-hmm. it was um new york uh tv tv one used to play it maybe like two three years ago in the mornings at like 10 a.m mm-hmm. or every morning at 10 a.m they played and then they stopped so once i saw that somebody had all of the episodes i grabbed them shits up asap so if you need it's a new fox york property undercover, right can we get it on disney plus Mm-mm. Just saying. It may I think be. you gotta clear. You gotta clear all of that music again. Yeah, that's that's tough. Well, thank you for answering. While I'll never get my childhood back. Yeah. I mean, See, but I got a Dropbox link. If you got, it's, I, I think it's about thirty gigs of space that you're gonna need. But it's 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 good. Um, we got we got another solution we can work. With yeah, I don't. Oh, I told, we don't we'll, know we'll what you're talking online. about. Skills. <laughs> hey, we don't do that here at the kind of movie critics podcast. But but First you know, man, all... so New York Undercover that was for me that was I was like 12, 13 years old, man. And I, I remember really, really, really loving that show. But it, you know, it's it it is one of those shows that it's not syndicated for real anywhere. So you remember it like i i can remember the theme music clear as day mm-hmm. um but just the plots i guess they must have been all over my head because i was such a young kid man i would you sent the, you, well i'm sorry <laughs> i have them. yeah you're i have a few as well <laughs> that i need to go back to and actually watch some does it hold yeah, up man. does it still feel like it felt yes. in the 90s because if if we still watching law and order it's the same thing it's a it's a minute two minute montage with no no actual dialogue of a, of a crime or something that takes place, right? And then the per the, it, it you know it goes down. Then the intro comes. It's Law and Order with with hip hop music. Wait, is formula. it third, as someone who's never watched it? Is it always like an undercover cop story or is just not always? Cops? I mean, uh-uh. they're, they're police, but then you get into their lives, and you know Thursday nights, man. Listen, it was in Living Color, Martin, and New York Undercover. Yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact, man. Damn, that's so dope, man. I, 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 yeah, I can see, I can see how that would hold you over, man. That very nostalgic, both those shows. Um, yeah, and Soul, and Train. Soul Train was just, you know, Soul Train comes from a place of just a kid and just Saturday mornings, and it's it's so crazy because I've watched so many Soul Train episodes. I know the dancers now. I was so I was just about to ask you: Do they reuse a lot of the dancers? Well, a lot of people on the show um, stayed on the show for a while. Uh, they have a, they have a, a actual uh, Soul Train has a YouTube page, and somebody's been doing um, finding the dancers mm-hmm. and interviewing them. So uh, you know the, the Asian girl with the long hair. If you all, if you ever wanted to know who she was, like she has an interview on YouTube via Soul Train. Uh, Lewski, the the tall, light skinned dude that used to be all over the place. Uh-huh. The guy who wore costumes all the time, he passed away. Um, but yeah, like I've been watching these episodes, and it's weird because I watch you in the 70s when you had an afro. Then I watch you in the late 80s when you had a jerry curl. 
Then I see you when you had a fade. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> so you put it's me crazy. on the game right now. I didn't even know that they reused dancers. I thought I didn't even know they had dancers. I thought it was just people in the audience. You know what I'm oh, saying? Oh, no. Soul Train. People people became famous for being Soul Train dancers. I didn't know that. Ugh, and it was the L.A. Where, thing. Wasn't, isn't that where Shalimar came from? Like, Jody Wiley? Shalimar, and... Jody Wiley, yeah. Jeffrey Daniel. Soul Train got so big, they had a U.K. Soul Train. Oh, I definitely did his own Don Cornelius, it only ran for like four episodes. Don Cornelius owned and ran the whole thing. So that was so and that was his think, property? Like, like he he yes, actually owned it? Totally owned it. Oh, he owned it. Whoa, he was ahead of his and time. And didn't with that. sell it, didn't sell it until way, way later. And uh, you know, rest in peace, he ended up taking his own life. Uh I wanna say in around two thousand and twelve or thirteen. Uh-huh. Um That sounds about but, right. Uh, but of the show, man, just to go back and look at the first time that Snoop Dogg was on Soul Train, like, yeah. bow wow. You know what I'm saying? Like, I these are pivotal moments. Like, because once you got on Soul Train, it was like, you made it. Right. To the black community. You was going to be in every black household the next weekend, verbatim. When you was on Soul period. Train. That's yeah. when you made I got a Soul question Train. for you, Skills. So one of the things that everybody knows about Soul Train is that like nobody performs live, right? So everybody's lip syncing. Who Mm -hmm. is the like shittiest lip sync that you've seen so far? That's a good question. Oh, I tell you what. um, Because the reason that Don Cornelius did it like that, because it got too expensive to bring in the live instruments and all of that shit. And then one time Barry White brought in a 60 piece orchestra. It would and be. And that Barry. shit was, Don was like, I'm done. Like, we lip syncing. <laughs> the Black Eyed Peas were on Soul Train <laughs> and actually performed, but they knew they were lip syncing, so they stopped. They stopped saying their words as a joke on the show. So it wasn't that they were shitty lip syncers, they were trying to okay. be funny. Wow. Which was which turned into a very dope episode. But hearing them on Soul Train, though, that's that that is a mind blower for it me. It was late. It was late. It was late. Soul yeah. Train. I think they was doing like joints and Soul Train was over by then. This might have been two thousands. I was about to say that's when Don. It won't. It won't pop in no more. He might have had. He might have had interns programming his show at that point. Oh, nigga, Sh- Shamar Moore <laughs> was hosting that shit at that point. It was oh trash. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that. We out of here. Okay. Well, what's that Christmas space? movie where they do Soul Train at the end? Is that uh, all is it this Christmas? <laughs> oh no, it's that's almost Christmas. Train that's, a, that's a black. That's a black staple. If you didn't that's know, that's a black Chandler. staple. Oh no, it is. The, it is this is Christmas. Did they do Del that Roy almost Lindo, Christmas right? also? Yes, over Marvin Gaye. Uh, got to give it. Yeah, up. yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, what, uh, uh, what's her name? Lauren London was in that too, right? And, and so everybody was in that. Yeah. Yeah, everybody was in that. Yeah. So Just, to answer your questions, Soul Train in New York Undercover got me through quarantine. That's good. Those are two good nostalgic. Good, two good nostalgic uh, watches, um, and, and maybe worth going back to. Maybe worth going back to. Big Corey. I, actually, speaking oh. of white girl in the group, Corey has two. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't even finished the joke. <laughs> that, that, that was it. That, that was, was it. massive. That was, that was oh, massive. Wow. 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 Okay. So uh, for me, uh, I've referenced it a few times. Um, uh, I, I've been on this binge of HBO this year, and uh, I finally decided to sit down and watch The Wire, hey. and it was uh, it was it was a great experience. Uh, I was texting Treasy. I was texting Skills, so Skills got tired of me, and uh, and then you know I spent. 
probably a month, maybe a month and a half burning through, uh, through the wire. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it was a great experience. And it, it has reshaped my entire perspective of quality television uh, in the modern era. Man, so. you, y'all don't know how I feel about it, man. Best show that ever hit television. It, 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 it really watches like a, for me, it watches like a novel. You know what I mean? It's just like the whole the way it's put together. It feels like a very well-written novel, man. Um, yeah, and and you know, for me, Breaking Bad to me was always probably the the, the number one TV show of all time for me. Um, I, I I really can't. I I haven't really come to the decision yet whether I think Breaking Bad over The Wire or The Wire over Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. I, I think I need more time with that, but it they are they're neck and neck for me in terms of the greatest television show of all time. Yeah. See, I, I was just having this conversation with Skills like maybe like three weeks ago. And I didn't realize skills felt like Breaking Bad was better than The Wire, and uh, yeah, and 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 that was a shocker to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because I remember Gilligan, the conversations, baby. I remember the conversations we used to have about <laughs> The Wire. When you were so into The Wire, skills was so into The Wire when it went off. He was like, "Yo, you gotta watch The Corner, yo. You gotta watch The Corner." <laughs> I man. remember The Corner. <laughs> it was it was the predecessor to The Wire. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but you you were just searching for that feeling so hard. Yes, like, I was. You know what I'm saying? So so to hear you say that Breaking Bad was better than Wired like really blew me uh, yeah. out of my socks. I, I do feel yeah. like Vince Gilligan. Break, yeah, I think Vince Gilligan is is a monster. And I Rich personally I, I think that I think Breaking Bad is more complete. You know, like I, I feel like the wire, they definitely like they they had to make turn, twist and turns. Like you know, we talked about uh season two mm-hmm. and how that had, I mean, I did the research. It, it had such a negative um, connotation with it, and I, I felt like the wire was written per season. Like they kind of said, "Okay, this worked. This didn't work. Let's go this direction." Whereas I feel like the Breaking Bad was laid out from day one. Even though I know they probably Thanks. didn't do it, but right. it always felt like it was completely laid out. We know exactly what we're gonna do with this, and this is where we're gonna go with it. And so the wire. Definitely, I feel like there's some loose ends still. Like I, I personally I, feel like we could keep going. And, for sure, and, but I know it, for a fact. I know for a fact that I didn't mean to cut you off, Corey, but I know for a fact go. that he said Vince Gilligan said from day one when he pitched the show, it was he was like, "I'm going to turn Mr. Chips into Scarface." That's the mm-hmm. that's the show. The, Mr. He's going Chips. to be the. It was like a like. It was. It's an older '50s guy who's who's a straight and narrow. Oh, got it. That something that those old executives could understand. Perfect father, the whole shit. Hard was, worker, and I'm going to change him to Scarface during the course pitch. of the show. Got it. So they didn't get it. I feel what you're saying though. He had a plan laid out in the wire. I think. I think the wire got into the writing and then realized, oh, we can focus on other uh, aspects of corruption in the city. So, and, you know, the courthouse could be corrupt. The media could be corrupt. The, the government could be corrupt. So I think after the third season, black people, for me, I, I was off it or the second season because it wasn't enough street shit in it to keep my attention. After the third season, I realized what they were doing. Each season was about a different level of corruption in a different place. The, the, the star of the show was the city of Baltimore. Yeah. So Bye. once I understood that, mm-hmm. I got it. Yeah, but well, yeah. but not just not just different 
tiers of corruption, but how they're all interwoven. See, to me, right. that was Correct. the genius in it. You know, when when you get to the when you when you you know when they drop the bomb that Levy's the one, you know, Levy's the motherfucker that's like that all the drug dealers go to to clean up their money and to get into the real estate and then you remember like where what he was doing with stringer bell and like kind of how he blew stringer bells top off with it like just the little nuances and how everything was interwoven to me is something that breaking bad didn't really do in my opinion and not only that i i would say the reason why i like the wire better than breaking bad is because i don't see myself in any of the breaking bad characters it's just a good ride whereas like you know not saying that I know an Omar, but knowing an Omar, I know guys that are sort of adjacent to Omar, you know, Omar's character. I definitely know guys that are like, you know, Barksdale, you know, I, I, you know, you always hear stories about guys who are like Marlowe. You know what I mean? There was just so many characters to people that I can actually point to in real life. And that's what made it even really to me. See, like Breaking Bad was like a caricature. It, it was like Tony Montana. You know what I'm saying? But my thing yeah. is this, Treasy. If your chemistry teacher was making meth on the side, you wouldn't even know about it. So you that, saying you know people like that because you don't move in those circles like you like, you know, urban coming up in the way we came up. I know people on the corner. I know people that have sold drugs. I know right. people that do things. I wouldn't have known if my history teacher was selling drugs on the side anyway, because because of the relationship I had with my teacher. Which is, so right. that's what made it interesting to me. I, I can feel you there. I mean, I follow you there. And, and that's your ideology. It just it just shocked me that you thought it was better than the wire because i knew how much you kept the writing the, the writing was better oh, yeah shout out to vince gilligan uh richmond virginia but yeah lc bird def- richmond virginia <laughs> but i will Boom. defend the writing of of the wire in my opinion because yeah. what i liked about the wire was i kind of appreciated the non-glamorized but what is he doing in the Yo, screen y'all can't see skills on the screen though but he look like i dream of genie right now that shit is funny man Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. What do you say about the right into the wire? Court? But like one of the things that I actually appreciated it over Breaking Bad was the fact that it felt more realistic. But yeah. you, I mean, he's you, you have a point there. I, I don't know what a meth a meth dealer is like. I, I, I really don't know much about what's going on in the wire. Looks like either. you, Corey. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, I, I felt I felt like it felt more like a documentary at times. Right. Like I would get so I would get so lost in the wire that I felt like I was watching a documentary. Yeah. And I got you. You know, that. I appreciated kind of the way that they wove the characters. Like, you know, there were certain characters that in a weird way, like I you know, you feel sorry for them, but then when you analyze it, it's like, yo, you're a murderous drug dealer. Like right. you know what I mean? Like That's real. But I'm feeling sorry for you, you know, and then but also at the same time you know, you have these police officers that are doing things that are questionable as well, but you're starting to understand their perspective as well. You know, I feel like it, it allowed you to understand everyone's perspective yeah. of like why I have to adhere to this street shit and then maybe why I'm doing this cop shit too. Right. You know, Who was like, your favorite it, character? Um, I, I think I, I think I, I mentioned who it was, but I, I, I've gotten, it's been a while, you know, since I finished. It's been about a month and a half, two months since I finished it. Um, I don't know. I'd have to really think hard about that, man. Because um, I, I appreciated a lot of different characters for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I appreciated Jimmy, even though I didn't, I didn't, 
I didn't like what they did with Jimmy in the last season. That was like my one complaint. Um, McNulty, you mean? Yeah. 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 Um, I, oh, okay. I thought okay, yeah. the making him going that far over the line of policing, I felt like that was a little out of character for him. He he struck me as someone that would ride that line of ethics and what he did in the last season. I felt like that went too far. I felt um, like that was right on cue for him. He made up a serial killer, man. I I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> that felt a little far fetched for him, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know the, you know, yeah. I I see what you're saying, but I feel to I me personally, I was like that was right up his alley, you know, like. But he always he always had a, a he sense had a of reason. Justice. He thought he had a good reason for it, right? He right. thought he had I know, a good but he, he but he always stayed on this line, you know. I I don't know, man. I I felt like. That was just so far across the line. But, I mean, that's getting into the minor details. But um, I really appreciate a lot of different characters. I really like the kids season, mm-hmm. uh, season four. I really that appreciated that. That was my favorite. That. Yeah. I really enjoyed yeah. watching that. Um, Shout out to Michael. So, yeah. He killed that. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, Mac Wilds. Mac Wilds. Yeah. All right, so so The Wire. Okay. Well, I, for anybody who hasn't seen The Wire, of course, you could jump on HBO Max. It is a great watch no matter what season, no matter what time in life you are at. And if you are just want to follow a good crime narrative, it definitely hit The Wire. What's your second choice, Corey? What, what else got you through um, 2020? So I, I, put, uh, I put Carol Baskin in The Tiger King hey. as, <laughs> as – uh, as, and and I'm gonna say it for a very specific reason. Um, one, I thought it was you know it was entertaining. It was something to watch, but it came out kind of when all this nonsense kind of started, and mm-hmm. a lot of us were sitting at home. A lot of us were you know trying to find things to do, and that's the one thing that I can remember of this year that actually still kind of brought people together a little bit, but yeah. not in the literal way. Yeah. You know, it, it, it became a thing on social media. I think people, a lot of different people were watching it. People like us who are really into content, people who aren't into content. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that was fun. That was fun to talk about. That was the first thing I can remember uh, during the pandemic um, that we were still able to bond over and talk about and, you know, and still enjoy um, each other's company, even though we couldn't literally be uh, hanging out at that time. So, yeah. um from a content perspective, I thought it was very original. I I, uh, I thought that they that was a, a shot in the dark, man. I, I I could see somebody holding on to some material like that and just fighting and fighting for years to get that made. So I I'm pretty sure that the people who made that uh, worked very hard to get that out in the world. So. Yeah, you, you made a good point. I, I that that was a moment for like two weeks at the top of quarantine. Everywhere that I went, everybody that I talked to was like, "Yo." Did you see Tiger King? And and I mean, and I'm talking from all walks of life. You know what I'm saying? It, I didn't. You didn't see Tiger King? You didn't watch yeah, Tiger King? I still King? haven't seen it either. No. I still never I didn't watched see it. it either. I'm not going to. Wow. Well, we're 50 wow. 50. Wow. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's crazy. Martin got a whole tiger on his head and ain't seen Tiger King. That's crazy. <laughs> Yo, thank you for bringing that up. I just, I don't be knowing what's going on at your house, Martin. Like, shout out to you for your Hampton hoodie. Like, that's that's a nice hoodie. Uh, yeah. But like, nice. what is good with your, with your, your fucking Clark Griswold hat you got on, bro? Like, he's cold. Keeps my head warm. <laughs> Martin got that Jebediah Springfield hat on. I know Corey's gonna pick that one. <laughs> Damn, Jebediah <laughs> Springfield. First of all, how you take out Corey and Martin with the same Simpsons joke? Uh, no, no, because because Corey's, Corey's oh. my go-to for Simpsons stuff. He's the only person that. Be oh, my, I my thought Simpsons you were stuff. saying because he looks like Ned Flanders. No, nah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, when it, so whenever, whenever, <laughs> come on, come on, come on. I, Corey's the only person I could bring up Canyon Arrow to, and, and he'll Canyon Arrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even Chandler. Chandler was the Simpsons before your time, man. It's old Simpsons though. Anything after two thousand five, that don't count. Yeah, yeah. I mean, here. what they've been on the air for over thirty years now, so it, mm-hmm. it is both before my time, during my time, and after my time. <laughs> that is wild. It yeah. was. That's Aren't they like the longest you? coming? Like longest running sitcom yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah, it gotta it is. be. That's amazing. So Tiger King. Well, we can't talk too much about it because nobody else has seen it but me and Lizzie. That's crazy. Well, if I you mean, guys want well, some mindless, you can spoil it. We are we are pretty much know what happened. So yeah, well, I don't, I mean, you can yeah. talk about it. Y'all should watch it. it. It's it's funny. It's got some mindless entertainment. You know, if it's something you just want to check off, you get, you need something to watch. I would definitely recommend it. I can't handle the animal abuse stuff, man. That really upsets me. I, I get triggered. Oh, no. Nah. Basically, it's not It's not a whole that you see. You don't see him abusing animals yeah. so much as, like, he be getting too close to the tigers, like, forgetting, like, yo, the tiger will fucking end you. Yeah. Nah, so, I don't like... Like, you see the it, tiger biting him, and he's like, ah, god damn it. <laughs> I'm, like, very sensitive. Did you ever see that movie, like, uh, War? War? That's with the, like, um... That's the movie, Lee? uh... No, no, no. It's, like, uh... I forgot... I forgot the name of the woman who like got her uh, face like scratched off by a tiger because like she lived in uh, California. Her dad shot a movie where he just bought a bunch of tigers and lions. And, oh, uh, I know what you're talking about. It's like a cinema verite th- situation where like, yeah, he it was like a no, documentary. But, and Well, they tried to make like a grindhouse movie, but they tried they didn't know how to train the tigers and stuff and like people one lady lost oh i know what you're talking about yeah i I know exactly what you're talking they had like 17 tigers and yeah (laughs) all yeah Mm -hmm. wow so yeah don't don't keep tigers as pets so 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 that's triggering for you chandler like when things talk yeah man i just don't like the tight it's like i'm kind of a weenie about it i guess man but the tigers like being kept up in big cages and that just it, stuff really upsets me i have a i'm somebody though that has a hard time even going to the zoo man like the zoo kind of bums me out yeah so once, once that, you get that's my like frame a, once you get kind of like a peek behind the hood from documentaries like that and stuff like that it, it does kind of make it very taxing to go to the zoo you feel very guilty yeah um, yeah i remember last time I, I last time i went to a uh you said i do <laughs> yeah. i hear you man um Anyway, I was about to talk about last time I went to a circus, but and that, it, it really the, oh, bro, oh, no, the circus, different. the circus is like the yeah, obviously the worst form of that. Uh, even as a as a young child, I was deeply upset by the circus. I don't I don't mean to be a bummer. I'm like very tired. I'm say, this took I, a turn. I know. I'm sorry. Well, let's move on. Hey, <laughs> it's kind of movie critics. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Tiger King and the Wire for for El Corey the Fergie of uh of kind of movie critics. I tried to slip that one in. I tried to slip that it in. That was good. Your lovely like lady that. lumps. Oh, wow. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> young young Martin the Mailman, what, what what kept you sane through 2020? Um, As far as TV, the first uh thing that really kept, well, there's a lot of shows, but one of the things that was a surprise to me that really kept me sane was uh The Crown, which is- uh, I'm into it. Yeah, it's, it's a show kind of like- Detailing the different decades uh, between, like, I guess most mostly it's about Queen Elizabeth's life, but it's mm. also about her sister Margaret, her dad, her kid William. I think is, I think William is a kid. Yeah, and then Harry and Harry and uh, 
his brother Charles. No, Charles is her kid, and Harry and William and are Andrew, like her grandkids, and Anne. Yeah. yeah, there you go. And Andrew. So, so, so is it's, it, it's 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 a show I never really thought I would be interested in. Even when I heard about it, and I knew it was winning awards and stuff, I was just like, I why would I care anything about the British aristocracy? But it's really interesting the idea that like from the day you're born to the day you're to the day you die like you have a job it's not a hard job but you have a job and you really can't quit that job without losing a lot and you have to be this person like you have to be this image of something you're not necessarily like for your entire life which is really crazy and and there's like a lot of drama you could it's it's crazy how we think about like presidents they move like every four to eight years or something, but like mm-hmm. some like the Queen Elizabeth, she's been around since like the fifties or forties. It's and she's been the Queen like that long, which is just insane. So Wow. I don't feel bad for him. They don't feel bad for me. That's all right. I mean I, I would I think the same way, but when you watch the show, it's kinda like you you kinda see like you 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 grow empathy for them. Like you you have a certain amount of you could see oh, the, the bad spoon. parts about me. This silver spoon is so shiny, it spoils my food. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so do you That's an inconvenience. More, you feel more empathy for, like, you're saying for, like, the kids and for the heirs, or you feel empathy for, like, Queen Elizabeth and the... And, I mean, and, you feel empathy for everyone who's, like, everyone, everyone who's a royal who's involved in that situation. Like, what if you fall in love with somebody, you bring them to your parents and they're like no you can't no you they just got to be a mistress for the rest of your life like no marry this boring person over here or something like that like people really be in like miserable relationships and have miserable lives but they got to keep up appearances because they can't get divorced or something like oh wow yeah how was the latest season oh it was was good because i I remember diana when i was a kid but i barely remember anything about it so seeing Seeing how she got to be uh, who she was, is, it was really interesting. Mm-hmm. And it, it definitely makes it a lot more tragic knowing what happened to her. Yeah. All joking aside, I really have always been interested in this show. And this this latest season especially has really piqued my interest. Because it is not that I remember anything about Diana. I'm too young to. But I, uh, I, I'm, I'm interested in that recent history angle. That's it, it, now it seems like, and and the cast of, of course is incredible. Who is it now that's playing uh, Elizabeth? This last Isn't season it? was a Olivia Coleman, and I she can do no wrong. I can watch her like yeah. clip her toenails. I yeah. love Olivia and the next Coleman. one is uh well that's gross, but the next one is uh what Imelda Staunton, right? <laughs> yes, it's Imelda Staunton. They're they're yeah. actually they were supposed to stop I think. Um, after mm-hmm. season five, but they've added a season six because I think they want to bring in like the Megan and Harry stuff, mm. which is really interesting. Um, to piggyback off of what Martin said, like Prince Charles has to be like the shit luckiest person ever. Um, like his mother has been queen since she was super duper young before he was born. And like even the way she became queen um, with like her uncle abdicating and her father becoming king after like never wanting to be and than her father dying young and her being queen. Like it wasn't even, it set off like a chain of events that wasn't even supposed to happen. Mm. And like, it does give you sympathy for them. Cause I think a lot of times, like when we talked about like rich people, sometimes we look at their lives as a privilege related to, you know, their economic status, not realizing that they're still human beings. And, you know, any 
facet of privilege that you take away, like other forms of marginalization can still exist. And you have, you know, you got like the easy setting on your life up here, but like you have all the rest of the shit that the re- that normal people have to deal with. You still have the same kind of obstacles. Right. At the end of the day, the real crown that we wear is the friends we gained along the way. <laughs> well, how does that work? Do they, how, how skills is funny. He's, he, he side-eyed that entire comment from Chandler. That's funny. <laughs> so how does that work? Like, do, do they have many interactions or many meaningful um, friendships with people that are outside of, the aristocracy or like just that entire world that they have access to. One of the things that you see a whole lot because the the queen has lived so long also to Martin's point about like the changing of the guard when it comes to an American president, you get to see her interacting with American presidents. And moreover, you see her interacting with different um, UK prime ministers. So like Margaret Thatcher was like a huge one this last season. And like, it was so good. What's, what's up? I can't think of the name of the actress. It's from X Files. X Files. Yeah. Oh, I, I what's her name? You supposed Gillian to know this, Anderson? Chandler? Gillian Anderson. Uh, Gillian Anderson. Oh, Gillian Anderson. Yeah, yeah, she killed Margaret Thatcher. It's so good. Like, mm-hmm. and it, it's funny because she just kind of like takes herself very seriously, and she finds like a lot of the things that the royals do like very silly, mm-hmm. and the way that she's interacting, you know, with um, with the queen and with Margaret. There was like. She was sitting in a chair one time. Margaret was like, you know, get your ass out that chair. Like, that's Queen right. Victoria's chair. Like, get up. What are you doing? Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. Mm. Um, and she she referred to the queen as, like, your sister. She was like, she's not my sister. She's the queen. Like, what are you doing? Um, yeah, it's I've, I've enjoyed the show very, very much. Good, good. So it's a, it's a good recommendation? You, you would say, Martin? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's one of the best things on Netflix. It's surprisingly good. Good, good. Okay. What was your um, number two? My number two is a movie I saw probably in March or February. It was probably the last. Well, I saw a tenant in theaters, but th- before that, that was the last movie I saw in theaters, and it's called The Hunt. Hey, and it's a, hunt. Uh, it's a very controversial movie because it was supposed to come out in 2019, but mm-hmm. there was a mass shooting, so they had to push it back. And like President Trump actually like tweeted about the movie. I think Fox News picked it up and there was this whole big controversy because it's a movie about um, liberals as like the liberal elites as the villains um, killing like conservatives and Trump supporters. Yeah. But it doesn't really paint the Trump supporters as heroes at the same time. And just looking at like what happened to the Capitol, looking at how like radicalized everyone has become looking at like this movie is, I mean, it's after Pizzagate, but it's definitely before like QAnon became like a, something that everybody knows about and it's, it's Did just anyone really else see brilliant. it besides me i saw it yeah i thought it was i thought it was it was yeah everything that you're saying you're hitting it right on yeah the head. it's very it's much before it's time and it feels like that's where we're headed at some point if like somebody doesn't hit the brakes um it's just and at even if you take all that out it's just a really fun like grindhouse like b movie to watch so yeah one of the yeah, things yeah, that yeah. I found really interesting about the storyline was how much like the li- both the liberals and the conservatives were like underestimating each other's ability to be like violent, be vicious. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah, I, I watched it solely because uh, I'm a making Blair fan, you know, making Blair fan. And you know he was in it. He was the the the, the dude that yeah. was the drop. Yeah, the, he was um, like the hand. Yeah, the driver. Yeah, 
he was in it. I'm a huge fan of him. So that's why I watched it. Yeah, I was thoroughly entertained when I saw it, man. You know, um, I caught the underlying message. I hadn't seen Hillary Swank in a movie in a while. She was in it, right? Hillary Swank. She was yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like the yeah, main right. bad guy. She's yeah. the main antagonist. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so it was cool seeing her back on screen. I, I really, I feel like I haven't seen her since Million Dollar Baby for real. Um, she has a movie coming out soon. She with just Michael did Fatal. Yeah. yeah, she did Fatal. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Deion Taylor. I watched that. Okay. <laughs> Shout out to Deion Taylor. We love him. I fuck with him on this show. I'll say that. Um, but um, <laughs> your face. <laughs> I hate skills, yo. <laughs> yeah, man. The hunt. Yeah, that was a good one, man. That was that was a good little Friday night pizza flick. Um, okay. Oh yeah. So anything else you want to add to that? Anything else you want to add to that one, Martin? Um, no, I, I I think a lot of people should watch The Hunt just just to get ready, just so people that like that <laughs> and Contagion are like the two movies you should have watched in 2020. Oh, to me. wow. You're just going to sit there and, and ruin my whole list. Got it. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, let's tap Chandler in because it looked like he fell asleep over there on the microphone. Hey, I'm awake. <laughs> oh, so we going to skip me? That's what's up. <laughs> uh, no, no, no you, look, you look fully energized. I want to get Chandler before he nods off. That's That's that. Sorry, that. guys. I, I, uh, I work really early in the morning, you know, for my job. <laughs> Sorry. I love this podcast. It's a great show. Great show. Um, so uh, I, I my two things. Uh, the first one uh, that I'll mention is uh, so over the summer, me and my lady, we were doing uh, we watched through a lot of um, Nancy Myers movies. Um, I, I like Twilight, Nancy Myers. Right? Twilight, no, right? that, no, that's not no, 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 that's Ooh. Stephanie Meyer, my bed. man. She's a writer. Oh, she, she's oh, all sorry. <laughs> Nancy Myers is like the parent trap. Something's got to give. The holiday, etc., wow. etc. Et um, and I like. I've always liked Nancy Myers a lot. But um, there's another female filmmaker uh, who does a lot of uh, similar work. Um, and I learned about her through the the Blank Check podcast. Uh, and her name's Nora Ephron. Mm-hmm. And I watched her a few of her movies too. Um, and if you like, like, you know, uh, late '80s through the '90s uh, rom coms, I think uh, you could get a lot out of out of Nora Ephron's filmography. But I got to say, I was astounded when I discovered uh, this little movie that stars Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan called "You've Got Mail." Mm-hmm. Classic. Um, it's a remake of an old movie called uh, "Shop Around the Corner," uh, and this movie is just an absolute delight. You know, I, it was a tough emotional year for all of us, but I got to say, man, like at the end of you've got mail, I was like a weeping mess. I was just like, it broke me down to my core and then built me back up. Nice. Um, and it's, you know, kind of that rare thing where like, it's a movie that I've seen recently, but now it is on my like, probably my top 10 list of all time. Like it's one of my favorite movies ever. I, I bought a poster. Like I have an original poster of it hung up in my, oh, wow. uh, in my dining room. Like it, it really, it really spoke to me, man. Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, their chemistry is like, and I've seen sleepless in Seattle. Um, and I didn't really think that was very good. And then, uh, Lizzie Thank told me you. to watch, uh, <laughs> Lizzie told me to watch, uh, Joe versus the Joe volcano. Versus the volcano. Which, <laughs> that's, that's the first Meg Ryan, Tom Hanks movie. And that movie is, awful how did they get get two more movies how did they get two more movies i know and i'm glad they did because the last one you've got mail is fantastic but joe versus the volcano you know i'm somebody i respect the medium of film i respect directors (laughs) 
I don't ever want to stop watching something midway through, but I'll say like 30 minutes into Joe versus the volcano. I was like, yo, I either need to like become drunk right now and pass out against my own will. Uh, or I'm going to stop watching this movie. And I watched the whole thing and it never got better. It was terrible. But You've Got Mail <laughs> is terrible. absolutely fantastic. You've Got Mail is such a great movie. Um, it's funny. It's heartfelt. Uh, it's an easy watch. Um, it's sort of a Christmas movie, but not really. You can watch it all year round. Um, and it's got a great uh, Dave Chappelle supporting performance. Um, nice. Early Dave Chappelle. Um, and so then my second in that one. Huh? It blows my Dave away up there. Please. No, I think Dave Chappelle's uh, really likable. Yes, he is. He's very People good opposite Tom Hanks. What blows me away is yeah, Tom Hanks played like leading men. Like he played like you're the like the main guy star, and he's he's not the traditional leading man. And yeah. but yet he has an entire career built around it. It's insane. Well, you know, he was a weird comedy guy for a long time. All through the eighties yeah. he did these kind of offbeat zany comedies. He didn't really hit it big until uh as a dramatic actor until philadelphia and of course he that was 93 so 94 he won uh the best supporting actor oscar and then he won best lead actor the next year for forrest gump and then after that it was just hit after hit he was america's dad he instantly became the guy so he and he is i totally agree he is a very different kind of leading man than we're used to um and he his career i also watched over the summer like a few of his early movies like um uh, the Burbs, uh, which is very burbs. strange, and then what's that one uh, where they have like a they have like a messed up house and they got like spend a lot of money on money it. pit, money, money pit, pit. Yeah, money pit. Thank you, skills. <laughs> that was skills. Uh, that shit. one was pretty they funny. Got, I like that money, one. Uh, little known fact: Money Skills is the movie that got skills into rapping. Just by the way, if anybody cares, Money Pit. What's, what's the, the backstory behind that? I don't know. You gotta let skills tell that. That's, that's no, I, I do love how you just explained Tom Hanks' career to us, like we weren't alive. You were not born. We know where Tom Hanks was through all of the and We were there, and you're like, "Hey, our listeners are not your age." Hey, I'm a uh, his, his breakout role in Big. I'm a young. No, like, I watched. I watched him in Splash. I was there. I seen him. Like I'm a young white man. I love to explain things to people. Touche. <laughs> Touche. Well, explain to us your second pick for 2020. Then. Uh, my second pick, um, and this one, it kind of breaks the rules, but I just thought it would be one that was interesting to talk about as a group. Um, I put down uh, Wonder Woman 1984 um, yeah. because <laughs> I know this. So this <laughs> came out like yeah. okay. Let me give me a second. Let me let me lay down my case, and then I want some spirited debate. Um, but okay. this is air gun shooting himself right now. Oh <laughs> okay, hold the phone. So this movie came out at the very end of 2020. So it didn't really get me through 2020. But I thought spiritually, it was sort of like all year I was waiting for like a big movie to come out. And this ended up like Tenet came out and we've talked about Tenet on this show. But then there was a long gap between that and Wonder Woman. And those are basically the only two blockbusters in the COVID era that we were able to see. And for me... Like, I totally understand all the criticism that has come out about Wonder Woman 1984. Like, everything y'all are saying in our in our little group chat, totally with you. Everything I've seen online, I get it. I can't even really argue against it. But the unfettered optimism and <laughs> blatant emotion on display. Um, I mean, Wonder Woman, <laughs> to put it... Sorry. To put, 
to put it in the uh, skills words, uh, it goes it goes massive, man. It goes um, massive. That movie goes big. It's not. A, it doesn't hold back at all. It's it's emotional. I mean, I was a blubbering mess when I saw Wonder Woman. I, I think it's it's so romantic. I think that it's it's empowering. Uh, the action is great. It is it is way too long, but it's got great performances. I mean, I just love pretty much everything about it. I think Wonder Woman 1984 is one of my favorite movies I've seen all year. Um, that said, I'll, I'll open Do the we... floor to the uh, dissenters. Okay, Did we watch wait, two wait, different wait. movies? Wait, <laughs> sir. Did, did you watch a different wait. version? <laughs> I have. I, first of all, Chandler, this is my first time being on a podcast with you. Um your your Tom Hanks spiel was amazing. You 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 <laughs> went through his career. You went through so so my respect level for you was here. Oh when God! You, when you, and you you said you said two things that I held on to. You said I respect the medium of films and I respect directors. And and I was like, this guy knows what he's talking about. And then <laughs> you is. just and you crashed and fucking burned right after that. <laughs> Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four was the biggest sack of shit that I've ever seen in my life. If I had Did went you to watch the Joker's movies, volcano, if I went to the movies to see Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. I would have been madder than I was when I watched it on HBO Max. Oh, wow. That shit was horrible. <laughs> doo-doo <laughs> juice. That was a doo-doo <laughs> smoothie. Oh, my God. That was the equivalent of a manure shake. Yeah. It, it, Kristen Wiig as a fucking villain. She's great. And, all, they did, and, yo, all they did was put glasses did on they her ever to call, make her a nerd. But did they ever call? Bro, they turned right. her into a cat. Like she, she, they turned no, her into they don't a have cat. to be that lazy. Come on. <laughs> Bro, the, the villain, what got me was when the end, when the villain was on TV and he was, everybody was saying that, come on, bro, the villain, his superpower is he can touch you and, and get a wish, like, what in the after school special was going the fuck on here? It's fun. It's the eighties. It's cheesy. No, nah. it's 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 not afraid to be wacky and ridiculous. I loved it. No, that movie but my invites thing you is to they just were be like, serious. They were serious. No, see, I disagree. No, Wonder, I think it's totally Wonder tongue Woman in cheek. Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four was not meant to be tongue in cheek. It was not meant to be a satire. That was meant to be a a, a superhero movie. And that's exactly I disagree. what it was. But I they respect should never your let opinion. that woman pick that woman shouldn't pick up a Kodak disposable camera again. Oh ever. My star. Patty Jenkins, <laughs> you're saying Patty Jenkins shouldn't have a career? That's crazy, bro. But you know what? It that comes shit. down to, and this is exactly right. what I was saying. It all comes down to like I understand everything you're saying. And it's just on every point, I just disagree. I have no defense. I can't argue with you. It's just that all the stuff that didn't work for most of the viewing public with that movie, it worked for me. And I've been so on this side more. of the argument before. It was in uh, January 2019 when Glass came out and I stood on that mountain and oh, I died God. on it and I was reborn <laughs> again. And now I'm willing to be the sacrificial lamb for Wonder Woman 1984. You can smite me right now. I'll, I'll die for it. God, yo, Boom. Glass was the worst piece of shit. That might have Yo, been you're crazy. Have... That's crazy. Yeah. Okay, if you want to hear me talk more about Wonder Woman, uh, I talked about it on the Act Three podcast. You can find it at Act3podcast.com. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So I'll, I'll let everybody. Movie. You guys win. You guys win. Wait. So, do you think it's better than the first one? 
You know, that's a tough no. question, Martin. I, I haven't seen no, the first Chandler. one in a minute. No. I haven't seen the first one, one in a minute. Hold on now. David Thule has definitely had a mustache when he was a big CGI armor guy at the end, so let's just... Let's just roll back this how great how the I first felt. one was. This is how I felt watching Wonder Woman. <laughs> Skills is holding his Skills is holding his phone up to the to the camera. I felt like the, somebody was dropping the blood was rushing to my head the whole time I watched this movie. He's pulled up a screenshot from Wonder Woman 1984 <laughs> of a man horrible. being beaten by Wonder Woman, and that's he's saying that's what he felt like. Oh my star! That's a good man. bit. I haven't seen. Look, man, it. the first Wonder Woman is fantastic, but I, I right now, yeah, I got to say I like the second one more. I'm sorry. Wow! Wow, that's I can't. Wow. That's I can't, who's I that? Who I am. Chandler, even Are people that like person? the movie the don't hell? say that. I'm very sorry, guys. Wonder I don't Wonder mean to upset tried. you guys. Fucking yes. Chris Pine shows up for 20 minutes. <laughs> Are you kidding like, me? None First of it, off, none of it whoa. made sense, bro. Chris like, Pine no, showing up. Let me tell you why I had a problem with that. Why does so like if this motherfucker is granting wishes, right? And we have to suspend disbelief that a motherfucker can grant wishes. Right, that's fine. Why do we have to put his spirit in another nigga's body? Like, why can't he just be there? That was the dumbest shit in the world to me. I was just like, yes. Why? I'll why are we going all around our asshole to make him like she's she's envisioning him as this other person? Like, just because let him I be think, there. <laughs> I think that it's part of the monkey's paw theme of the movie, right? Because if Chris Pine is back, like that's obviously what she wants, but she doesn't want that at the expense of another man's life. Wow, bro. Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot freestyled that whole fucking movie. Man. Yo, Imagine Gal Gadot's really like the interesting portion of the Roxanne movie, too. And Roxanne Shante going. <laughs> Did you really like That's Superman Returns? That's what the Returns? fuck that movie was. I don't like Superman Returns. No, I, I can't oh. get down with that one. I'm a big I, Man I, of Steel supporter, though. Superman, oh, wow. the, the gal Galaxy Quest was better than motherfucking Wonder Woman. I love Galaxy Quest. Galaxy Quest is a great movie. Uh, yeah, that's I, a great I love movie. Galaxy Quest. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, you tripping. That movie. was good. Super... Alan Rickman. Wait, wait. I, I meant. It's a no, satire. No, no, no. I meant. I meant the Superman movie. What? What Superman movie? Y'all don't remember that? Y'all don't remember that? You talking movie? about Superman Returns? Was it Superman Returns and the, the villain Where he was has Galaxy a Man or some shit? No, Galaxy Man. I'm talking Christopher Reeve, bro. I'm not talking. Oh, I'm not oh, talking. Yeah, yeah. Galaxy yeah. Man is. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking time. about. All right, I'll tell you. I know. I know Superman. <laughs> I know. I know Zod. I know the Sun Dude. Are you talking about the Sun Dude? The sun I'm like, no, no, no. While Skills gets, is looking like, this up, I'll just say, y'all are gonna be real sorry when Wonder Woman 1984 sweeps the the 2021 Academy Awards. Oh my God! You wild. <laughs> you wild. <laughs> Well, my my big thing was was that you know Patty Jenkins that she complained that she didn't have a lot of control on the first one and she had to fight and I'm like and then you know they they gave her more control on the second one but that's terrible they should control her more like, <laughs> yes. yo like Thank it's clear tie her it's, down yo tie, it is tie her ass yo it is clear that you, we gave you responsibility and you blew it. So she, she got Word. a Star Wars coming up. I'm gonna watch it. I'm excited for it. Mm. Damn. Mm. She the best thing about that movie was Gal Gadot. Star Wars movies. 
Yes, that was the best thing about the movie. Gal Gadot. And the worst Yo. thing, I don't, I don't. She's the least interesting. Are we gonna overlook movie, but... Chris Pine's like legendary members only black jacket? That thing was like on fire. I'm trying to order one right now off of eBay during the show. <laughs> I'll give you that. Members only is still a brand. You can just go buy one. I think. <laughs> yeah, but I want yeah. an old one. <laughs> what the vintage? <laughs> Shut up. Y'all remember this Superman? Uh, oh, uh, wait, Richard Pryor? Richard Pryor? Yeah, y'all yeah, remember Pryor, that? Yeah. yeah, I never saw it. I, didn't, I, mean, I never watched yeah, it, but that I... Was, that was the equivalent of Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, okay. God. <laughs> well, that was a long walk to get there, but I'll support you. <laughs> Go watch right. Superman 3 and then get back to me, Chandler. Superman right. 4 is not great either. All right, I'll watch that's, it. That's funny. Isn't it, wait, Superman 3, I know this is a plot point in that movie, and I wouldn't bring it up if it wasn't funny, but... Superman does split into a good half and an evil half, and the only difference in the evil half is that he has five o'clock shadow. <laughs> that, that'll piss you off. That'll make you he's, evil. That five o'clock shadow. He's itchy. He sits in a bar and, and does it. No, like a this is what it was. It was Superman for the quest for peace. That's what. Oh, I was yeah, that that was Sunman. That was the one I was saying. Lisa, you wild. <laughs> <laughs> He's floating the, away the bad guy was a dude that was like energized by the sun. I'm not crazy. And then like let's he was like weak and Lex Luger like put. Oh, why um, you why you aim why you aiming at yeah. us? Pew, pew, no, pew, he pew, had a ring. Pew, 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 Lex, yo, Luger, Lex Luger had a ring and he like picked up a little bit of like light to shine on. Dude, I remember. I remember. I had a poster for that movie what? from the theater. That's crazy. Not good. Horrible. Not good. Good times. Superman 4 has often been named as one of the worst films ever made. <laughs> Not good. That's, that's terrible. So yeah, that's uh, quite a radical pick from uh, from you, Chandler. Apparently, causing up causing up a stir here with that Wonder Woman nineteen Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. So <laughs> thank you. Yeah, yeah. All right, on to you, Lizzie. The two that kept you alive during the newest Testament twenty twenty. All right. So my first one is a movie that surprisingly i've watched several times this year and um <clears throat> it's star wars you know that so <laughs> it is the best star wars of the entire franchise it is the empire strikes back i probably watched it on disney plus um before the pandemic because i just be like i'm gonna watch star wars today and then when theaters opened back up when amc was like letting you in for a stupidly ridiculously low amount of money how much was it was it was it 50 cent, like, 15 cent? Like How much did it take? Well, yeah, we went for 15 cent or something like that. Mm. 15 cent. So when theaters opened back up and they were showing like all those retro movies for 15 cent, me and my daughter went with Chandler and his lady hey. to watch Woo-hoo. Empire Strikes Back. And then like ahead of the election, I was stressed the fuck out, like completely. And I refused to watch like any election coverage. I was just letting y'all tell me what was going on because shit like that makes me anxious. Mm. Uh Spoiler alert, I also am not watching the news right now because people are crazy and it makes me anxious. <laughs> so what I did instead was I kind of went to my happy place for the election and I watched Empire Strikes Back again. That was probably the fourth time I watched it. Wow. <laughs> I also watched like other George Lucas things that I like. So I watched like Willow. Um, and then I, you know, I'm really into Jim Hansen. So I watched Labyrinth and Muppet things and dark crystal and all that good shit those things make me really happy i can't find never ending story on anything right now which i'm very upset about 
Just watch that one scene from Stranger Things where they sing the whole uh, never-ending story song. That should probably quell your uh, your desire. Shout out to Gate Moderato. Um, no, nah, I don't. I don't want to watch that. That's not the same. Even though, like, <laughs> I've been seeing all kinds. of... Did you see um, that meme that was like, um, if twenty twenty, uh, just when you thought twenty twenty was over and you were winning, and it was like the part where he has to fucking kneel and, and jump through the, the damn oracles and shit, like yeah, yeah I've seen that. <laughs> yes, I haven't seen that, that is. Meme. Yeah, well, I'll find it and send it to you. Some nerd shit. And Crazy probably hasn't inside. even seen the movie. Which one? Empire Strikes Back. Never ending story. Never, never never sure. yeah, 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 of course. It's been right. a, it's been a minute. Yeah, I'm, but yeah, I watched Empire Strikes Back like several times. Do y'all y'all agree with me though? That is the best movie in the Star Wars franchise. Yes. Like, there's not I a better did. one. I, I've only seen a handful of them, and that was my favorite. The one that was the favorite, you know, my favorite one. And I've only seen that's like the, the I Martin. Think go that's ahead the and say you don't one. agree. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I love Attack of the Clones. Fuck out of here! <laughs> nah, 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 hold on. Nah. I like Revenge of the Sith though. Y'all, if y'all don't rake this man's ass over the coals, because <laughs> come see, on, see, I, look, got... I think I think yeah. that's even worse than, than like what just happened. Like you can't. No, the Empire Strikes Back is the best one. We get Muppet I, Yoda. I, we I'll, get Archie screaming up. several times. Like, um, Revenge of the Sith is probably my favorite personal one, Martin. So I'm a, I'm a prequel sympathizer as well. So I, I'm with you on I, that. But I, I think cinematically, Empire is definitely the best one. Mm. I am a sympathizer as well. So, and you, y'all hey, know how I feel right. about seven through nine. That shit is. Please the don't. Worst. That's not. That's not again. Let's not. Don't, again. You can't. Not. Not again. Please don't. Not again. Don't group hmm. seven and eight with nine. I feel like nine's the stinker of the bunch. That's the one that really mm. messed it up. But seven and nine, eight got their plenty of merit seven. on their how own. How you ain't gonna group nah, seven and eight, nine together when they right? It's after like vegetable you, soup, man. You can't <laughs> have one out of place. And it's all <laughs> is that what they say about vegetable soup? Don't hundred and two. You said seven, eight, nine. Don't group them. They already group. <laughs> I can't argue with that logic. Okay, so the so other hard. thing that I did is I resisted my uh, my inclination because I actually started the pandemic by like rewatching Sex in the City, and I didn't get all the way through it because I realized how problematic that damn show is. Right. Um, <laughs> hella homophobic, hella racist, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, I'm definitely gonna watch and just like that when it comes on. I never, I never and, understood the appeal behind Sex in the City, but that's a whole other podcast, man. I just, not for you. Oh, okay. There not it for is. you. There it is. Not and for you. End of sentence. Yeah. Anyway, pew, pew, so pew. what I did instead was <laughs> pew pew. Uh, <laughs> uh, what I did instead was last week I decided to rewatch Insecure. Mm-hmm. And like from the beginning, so I binge the entire thing. What's this face you're making, skills? Huh? <laughs> What's this face you're making? What's this face Why you're making? Why can't I binge insecure? insecure? Did you enjoy the last season? I really loved the last uh, season. The last season was hella frustrating, but there were some things that I could have done without. Um, but getting the news, what was it, day before yesterday, that or was it yesterday that this coming season is the final season? Was kind of like I feel like it. Yeah, I feel sucks. like it should be. You should, I, why you feel that way? Because I I feel like this this is my my issue with some shows, and this is not to down anybody that creates these shows, but I feel like when you write yourself into a corner, 
when you write yourself into a corner and there's nothing else interesting about your show, instead of going in the natural evolution of just ending the show, people still try to force it. Yeah. I'm like, bro, we about to watch three different powers because y'all don't know what else to write. Like that shit is insane to me. Yeah, no. I, and, I, and and I hate to watch it get so corny to where it's not realistic. Oh, yeah, that was like, and I'm two. like, and I'm like, if it's it's as far as me with like songwriting and and the way I look at songwriters, I'm like, if you wrote it, if you wrote one hit, you could write another one. Right. So give me something else. It's no need for. Four powers. Yeah, well, I'm There's waiting no for no need for. A, I'm I'm waiting for that BMF show. I'll tell you that right now. I mean, we you know, but yeah. the last season of Insecure I didn't enjoy because I'm like, tell me, tell finale, me what your notes are. Uh, argument, like we ended, we ended on a Molly and Issa argument. How many times they the argument? No, they made the up. Show? They made oh, up. I don't see. See, I don't even remember. It didn't. <laughs> It didn't. No, stay they with ended me. it with with Lawrence has um, Condola pregnant. Okay, yeah, oh Condola yeah, pregnant. and I'm like, can we please? Like everything was going great, and you know they were getting back together. He got his career back yeah. on the right path. She had gotten her shit together, and then he got another. I thought that was a, an amazing ending, bro. I'm okay, but here's you. the thing: in, in black in black lives and in, uh -huh. in black urban culture that I know, I already know how that story ends. Y'all gonna be together anyway, and you gonna have a baby by another girl. Like uh -huh. so, I know the fairy tale ending of all of that ain't realistic, but where I grew up. The mm. nigga got a baby mama now. That's it. It ain't it ain't nothing to base a whole fucking show around. I don't think the whole show is <laughs> you wild right but now. But we have still. to see how they we have to see how that wasn't a finale to me. Somebody choose. gotta die some shit. Like it wasn't you got somebody oh pregnant. That ain't On insecure? Me. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, not insecure, but I'm saying that wasn't a powerful <laughs> enough finale or oh shit moment. But it's I mean it's not it's not the it's not the end of the of the world. We got yeah. we got Eight to ten more episodes to go, and then we get to see like how everything ends for everybody. I will say and what that I was saying was a little weak. Is I thought like the the way that they handled like Tiffany's PPD was a there. Little you go. Weird, I, I, to me, I was gonna say Tiffany. That's um. That's um. Amanda Seals' character. Amanda right? Seals. Yeah. That to me, I'm done with that storyline. But like everything else, I'm still I'm still there for everything else. You know. But you what, know, what? Say what you gonna say, friend. Say it. <laughs> so okay so insecure so tell me this insecure ends with lawrence and and Issa together and that's it right I, I don't i don't think that's happening i don't think it's going to but be i'm just as, saying as but if you you got to understand treasy if they don't end up together you know how many black women gonna be mad you know how realistic uh, yeah, that that's shit gonna be real yeah, like what you said they is already, realistic. the realistic they already did part, that plot the realistic point, thing is he got a baby by another girl, and they stay together. That's re that's what really happens in real life. I guarantee that's you. Realistic. Let's come back to this podcast. No, no, no. You're I right. I guarantee you, it's not going to go down that way. I, I mean, I think I don't think Issa ready that for is, that, that life. Is, that is realistic, but then breaking up is realistic too. Yeah. Like him him going to Big pursue facts. his career is realistic too. Like all of all of, all the possibilities you know, are realistic. So I don't, it's just interesting to see what kind of choices she makes. And I'm here for the ride. There but you go. I, yeah, watching I, I Insecure you. felt, had me feeling like hella girly, hella black. Cause then, you know, I'm a dude most of the time to y'all. It's fine. But um, I actually am a woman, you know, in my own what? and body. So, 
Shout out, shout it was, out. It was good to have some girl time and, and, and think about like. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if they had to do a um, if they had to do like a. If they had to do a. I love how you guys are using the correct terminology. Hashtag. If they had to do like a. Oh, sorry. Can Marty say what you're gonna say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me get this out. If they had to do a um spinoff like the Parkers or like Power, like which character would you want to see a spinoff with? No, we're not gonna hijack my point to talk about Power. Fuck that. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. He's saying, and I was really fucking saying like he was saying like Power. Um, yeah, like I mean, it. Oh, you mean of insecure? Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, who would I want to see? Kelly. Yeah, yeah, Kelly. Kelly's good. Kelly, Kelly would be a great comedy show, bro. She would be a great sitcom, bro. It'd be like. It'd be like a curb your enthusiasm with her, man. And she writes, so yeah. like she could do it. She yeah. could totally take that character wherever. Yeah, I think Kelly. She would be the most interesting show to me. Yeah. Um, shout out to Sir, man. He had a had a he had a great uh, cameo in that season. In and season Alex four. Isley, dope. Yep. All right, bet. So Lizzie, so you had Empire Strikes Back and Insecure. That's what's up, man. That that got you. That got you popping. One of my one of my greatest uh, COVID experiences was being able to go to the movies a handful of times, and one of the times was uh, you know with Lizzie to see Empire, and it was a uh, it was a really joyous experience. Glad we got to experience. It was. I, I will remember that forever. That's dope. Yeah, man. me too. And it was hella cheap. We should have bought out that theater. All we right. Should've. So we losing skills, man. Peace, my brother. Hey, man, thank you for I joining us. To this studio session. I thank y'all so much. This was fun. Hey, man. I thank you for dropping in, man. Make sure you put me in the verse, bro. Also, also, Lizzie rhymes with Treasy. So if you do that, like you yeah, gotta include please, me too. Yeah, you're worse, but if you can make that work, you you can you you can rhyme Lizzie and Treasy. You can do it. We 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 that should be easy. Hey, hey. hey. Right. he went massive. He went massive. Love y'all. I talk to y'all in a minute. All right, brother. Peace. Yeah. All right, peace. Yeah, man. Yeah, skills always it's always fun when skills drops through. Uh, and I'm glad he wasn't here for my two, man, because he probably would have had a lot of shit to say, for real, for real. Because uh, that's the type of nigga he is. I got a lot of shit to say, ass nigga. <laughs> so, for, yeah, you can't repeat that sentence, Chandler. That's crazy. You got to close your ears with that I, one. Okay, first off, I wasn't going to repeat it. <laughs> yeah, but you can't. <laughs> I, would, you can't even, I would never say that. You know I would never saying? ever say that. You know what I'm saying? You got I mean, thank you. Thank you for keeping me in check, brother, but I, I wouldn't have said it. <laughs> Promise. Well, I appreciate you for that. So uh, hey, for, for, for me, 2020, you know, me and Martin did, um, me, Martin, and Lizzie did the HBO versus FX joint. And uh, that pointed me to a show that I've talked about kind of peripherally here a few times, man. But um, Mr. Inbetween. Uh, Mr. Oh. Inbetween is an Australian gangster, dark comedy you know, I I mean, I, I bring up Curb Your Enthusiasm a lot just because I feel like a lot of shows kind of really, you know, mutate off of that vibe and, 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 and really kind of jack that vibe. And I feel like Curb Your Enthusiasm is using a lot of elevator pitches. And uh, I can totally see that being used in the elevator pitch to pitch Mr. Inbetween. You know, it's like Curb Your Enthusiasm meets, uh, I don't know, Pulp Fiction or you know, curb your enthusiasm meets. Help me out, Corey. What's a what does it meet? Um, I mean, John, the crazy part is Pulp Fiction is a really good example. It's a good example, um, right? Yeah, it's actually a very, very good example. Yeah. So, so it, yeah, man, it's it's just this Australian gangster joint that follows this one hitman. That's 
he's a you know an, an exceptional father he co-parents with his ex-wife and they have like an eight-year-old da- daughter that loves unicorns and um but he's like a hit man like a, a real killer <laughs> you know what i'm saying and, and it's just wild how stories intertwine and random things happened and they pick back up later on in the season it's just a it's very well written very well acted and i know that um joel edgerton's brother nash edgerton i know he had like a really big uh hand in bringing it to you know to television and to me man it's one of those fx has so many hidden jewels i think it's the top tier of jewels uh in fx's sort of uh you know jewel pile man um if you like i got a jewel pile for you right here buddy (laughs) (laughs) a family jewel pile the funny part about it chandler is i think you would even though i know you don't watch a lot of tv i think that would be right up your alley man like the like that 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 really like um very dark sarcastic humor and sometimes what you're describing sounds to a lot like uh I mean, in my head, my mind's eye, kind of, I'm envisioning like a Guy Ritchie kind of vibe. Yep, yep, you're right on the head. Okay. Uh, very yeah, Guy Ritchie, right. not not as like fast paced and very like you know glitzy as because I I feel like Guy Ritchie sort of has that style. Sometimes it's hard to keep up just because it's a yeah. lot going on. It's not like mm-hmm. that. It's a very smooth ride, but it do- it definitely has those undertones of like gangster, dark comedy, and j- just very like. Like very real circumstantial situations that just happen to be extremely funny. So if you're like into Coen Brothers too, you you would really rock with it because it has a Coen Brother vibe to it. So it makes sense that it would be on FX. Uh, side note, man, whoever has the job just picking programs for FX, man, I would love to just intern for that person because whoever it is and whoever makes these decisions or whatever board makes the decisions on what goes on their shows, uh, goes on their program, I feel like they're very the, you know, the way that like we feel about A24 and like their integrity when it comes to picking films and stuff like that. And they don't necessarily pick the biggest films. They just pick ones that they believe in and they really build them and develop them. I feel like FX takes the exact same approach to television shows, you know, just very like boutique. Like we're not necessarily going for what's going to make the most money. We're going for what's going to make the, uh, a good cultural impact when people happen to find this thing. Um, and, and that's how I feel about FX television and, and Mr. In between is probably right up there for me with, uh, my favorites in their program. And the second thing for me, Martin mentioned it a little bit earlier, uh, was the Steven Soderbergh film, uh, contagion that got me through 2020. And I, I just remember, you know, when the, uh, when the pandemic first hit contagion seemed to be like sort of the buzz movie there was two movies that i can really remember people really talking about during this quarantine they just bought back up randomly contagion i understand just because the nature of it and it it just seems like everything in contagion everything that happened in the pandemic sort of just happened in contagion in a nice in a you know in a nice hour 40 minute long film but the other film that everybody on the internet seemed to talk about that i didn't understand was apocalypto do you remember that when it was yeah, like the Mel, the Mel Gibson, Gibson yeah. joint, yeah, there was like a week. Where I've never seen it, but it's a really good. It's film. not a, a good movie. Yeah, it's a very good film. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed Apocalypto, um, but it was just weird. There was like a period of a week or two weeks during the quarantine where I felt like somebody that had a lot of influence saw Apocalypto, 
And then they said something about it. And it just caused like this massive uprising out of nowhere of apocalypto appreciation, man. It was the weirdest really? thing. Really? That's it came out like oh seven, maybe? Yes, yeah. I thought it was oh six, but it's around 06? that time. So for some I didn't catch this. So for some random reason, Apocalypto just got popping. It just got like, popping out of nowhere for like a week during quarantine. That's really weird and random. Uh, very weird and random. But uh contagion, you know, uh obviously because everything that happened hit so close to home. And I remember, you know, just us in the group chat and everything we were uh we were all kind of scrambling at one point trying to f- you know find where to watch it and then it feels like about uh, like a week or two after we had that conversation it popped up on hbo max or mm-hmm. hbo go at that time i think it was yeah, still yeah, hbo yeah. go um and um and i remember watching contagion with my wife man and it was just one of those like holy shit is this what we're in for you know because you know everybody had seen that movie but to have it with context it just felt like a different ride and I remember Martin. I think you were the first one out of the group to rewatch it. Oh yeah, yeah, de- yeah definitely. It definitely kept me up that night. Not not the whole night, but it definitely is one of those movies that it it makes you recontextualize like your existence, especially during the pandemic. It's mm, like, yeah. is this what we're in if for? It, <laughs> right. Yeah, it yeah. felt and and yes, it it was what we were in for. It was crazy and like. It felt surreal to watch it, knowing that like we're at the beginning of living through something um, that's going to follow like a similar trajectory. Mm-hmm. It was crazy, except for you know in their movie, people took the vaccine. Right. So, well, that. I mean, that's I think what, the that's craziest thing movie. about that movie that Soderbergh does is like obviously like I think before the twenty minute mark. Um, and spoilers, you know, you know the bumper at the beginning of the show. <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow dies like real early on, right? And that's like really pulls the rug out from under you. Yeah. Well, that starts um, the movie and, off. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like in the first couple minutes, right? Yeah. It's, it's very early. And then Kate Winslet dies too, doesn't she? Yep, she dies probably. Because mm-hmm. she sort of becomes the de facto protagonist after... Um, Her and after, Yeah, and then like she just dies too. And I think that those narrative turns and the way that it's like structured as an ensemble piece with no one that feels like at the end of the day, you can't say any one character like leads the pack because it's like the ones that you thought were going to lead the pack end up being picked off. And and I think that it really communicates to the viewer, like that feeling of loss, like it's random, it's unfeeling like this is just what happens. Like people die. It's not going to make sense who dies. It's not going to be who you think is going to die. This is just what happens when a disaster strikes. And I think that for that reason, I, I find it really unsettling to watch that movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Soderbergh, man, you know, you know, he's definitely an OG in the game. And I think he's one of those filmmakers that has the ability to do things on his own terms. And that's been the trajectory of his entire career. He just does what he wants. But he does such a great he handles ensemble casts casts to me like probably better than anybody you know for for the exact reason that you're talking about Chandler it's like you it, in his films it's just hard to pick it's it's hard to just pick a person and stick with them because everybody has their tier of importance and he figures out a way to he figures out a a, 
a way to make them all important, you know? And I mean, he does it with that. He does it very well with the, you know, with the ocean series, um, you know, uh, 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 lucky Logan, I mean, traffic, pretty much anything this guy does with ensemble cast, he just figures out a way to really bleed it out and just make you identify with everybody. And I, I think that's a skill that every director can't do. You know? Logan Lucky is, I think, one of his unsung projects that a lot of people don't talk about because it kind of came out to very little aplomb. But yeah. that's a great film. It is. I, I, so I think, I think one of my favorites of his. Um, it, the, what's the one that came out like kind of right after Contagion with um, what, side uh, effects? Side effects. Yeah, it, it didn't come out. Oh, right I that love that movie. movie. Rules. Side effects is. I probably amazing. watch it again tonight. Thank you for the reminder. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great movie. That's a movie that like. Even though I know exactly what happens in that film, every time I watch it, I feel like I forgot exactly what happened in that film, and it's a brand new mm-hmm. ride every time. Like, it, it, it's such a well put together film, very well paced, and it's fu- funny enough. Uh, I, I saw that. Me and Skills saw that film, and uh, uh, we were in Vegas. We saw that film, and um, so that's just funny that we bought it up, and and you know he was just on the show or whatever. Um, and I think he enjoyed it. And usually he's You're contrary. Right. That's very hilarious. Shut up, Chandler. You need a nap. You need nap nap time. <laughs> just messing with you, man. I'm that, sorry. My story was more interesting than your take on Wonder Woman 1984. Let's put, put it down. <laughs> Let's do that. All right. Yeah. That's it. I'm out of the game, guys. That's it. Time to throw in the towel. You hurt the baby's feelings. Take it back. Uh, I got no. it. No. Um, Unnecessary. But no, that's that's pretty much it for me, man, for what got me to th- through 2020. And I feel like I was very long winded there, man. So um, that's it. Like, oh, go ahead. Do you feel like Soderbergh is like, where would you rank him as far as directors? It's weird, man. Like because he has so many like great ones, but he he's like under the he's like on the Andre 3000 of like directors. Ooh. It's like he should always be mentioned in the top five, but he got he don't really nef- he don't really get as much recognition. Right. Yeah, I it's um that's I think that's a really good comparison. He's like the Andre 3000 of of a film. I think that's a really good comparison cuz when you really start talking about his filmography, I don't think there's too it's many insane. people. Yeah, there's yeah. not too many people that can go pound for pound, but because none of his films are really like big box office successes or, you know, how how does he, how was he on the award frontier like you know i think i think um uh sex lies and videotapes i think got got him something but i don't know if anything else got him anything i could be wrong about that do y'all know right offhand the traffic I'm looking at, uh... i feel like traffic probably did for benicio definitely didn't was traffic up for best picture it may he have won best director for traffic Okay. Nominated Best Director, Aaron Brockovich. Nominated Aaron Brockovich. Best Original Screenplay, Sex, Lives, and Videotape, 1990. Yeah, see, so so he's definitely one of those careers where it's like, pound for pound, you should talk about him in your top ten. But just because it, it, him and his films run very parallel, where it's like, you forget they exist, but they're great every time you bring it up. You're like, yo, this shit is fucking great, and that's kind of how it yeah. is with him too. Like, yeah, and he's not—he's not like Nolan or like not the shit on Christopher Nolan, but who's trying to do like the same movie every time, right? Or mm-hmm. a similar style movie every time. Mm-hmm. Like he—he he does completely different movies, like mm-hmm. every movie. 
I think it's kind of unfortunate, but I mean, it, I would say culturally, like his biggest influence is like Ocean's Eleven, which I, I don't think is the best representative work of his, but I think that's the one that has the biggest footprint just because of the the star power and the whole movement around that movie and how often it's been imitated. Right, right. But it, it that's amazing too that to have a so, you know it's just, he's just a very enigmatic man. He he knows what he's doing and he knows how he does what he does. Um and and, and to me, you know, that he's an auteur, you know what I'm saying? He does he oh, has 100%. this skill. He has this skill every one of his films feels like he just got, he just like made some phone calls and was like, Hey, y'all want to hang out for like four weeks and just do this thing. You know what I'm saying? Like that's his films have that vibe to it. Like, damn, how easy is it to get that person and this person in the room together at one time? Like do y'all to tie it back locally. Do you guys like unsane that, um, iPhone thriller joint that he shot? I never saw it. It's I, I wanted to see it it. because Jay Farrell. I thought it was pretty good. I, I was a fan. I like Jay Farrell in it. Mm. Jay Farrow is good in it. Okay, more than more yeah, than I've good. liked him in anything I've seen him in. Right. Yeah, yeah, I agree. He's got a very subtle performance. He, I think, not to I don't know anything about you know what Jay Farrow should do with his career because he's much more successful than I am. But I would say that like Jay Farrow in that zone as a supporting character who comes in is very charismatic. He really works in that zone. Mm. Really works. Okay. Well, I'm I'm sure he probably loved to do more roles like that. I wonder how much that kind of stuff gets offered to him. Yeah, well, I hope he, he gets, gets to, to show do you a little bird. Mm. Yeah, he gets to show you a little bit of range in this one too. I like I like that. I like yeah. that for him. Yeah. But like that's going to what you were saying, Treasy. Like this guy, it is like, hey, uh, Claire Foy, Jay Farrow, I'm gonna shoot an experimental movie on an iPhone. Y'all want to come hang out and do that? Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, it ends up being like a very serviceable like you know, A-list Hollywood thriller. It's, right. it's fun. And then turns around and calls Melvin Gregg and is like, yo, you want to do this, another experimental film about a basketball player called High Flying Bird? <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. You know, so he, he, he takes risks, man. And um, When did he retire? Didn't he retire for a second? Yeah, he did. I think so. I don't know. He, he did, and didn't he make that show? Wasn't it that show he with Clive the, Owen? The Nick. Oh, The yeah, Nick. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah. Oh, that was retirement for him? A television show? <laughs> retirement in quotes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. He came back. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know how this turned into Soderbergh appreciation, but uh but it definitely has been and it's definitely long overdue, I would say, for the kind of movie critics. Um But uh that's it. I think I think that's gonna be where we drop this bad boy off, man. The films that got us through uh, what seemed to be the longest year, 2020. Uh, thank you to our guest, Mad Skills, Mr. Wrap-Up himself, for stopping through and gracing the microphone again for Kind of Movie Critics. Hope y'all kind of found something to take out of his uh, his his properties that he watched with New York Undercover and Soul Train. Definitely things worth going back to. I may, I may have to go back to this New York Undercover, man, because I'm a sucker for cop shit. So, um, I gave the social... Before you get to that, you got to go watch... Uh Look, I'm, I'm I'm telling you guys, just Wonder Woman eighty four. Give it one more watch. I need to listen watch to it. what I said. Uh-huh. Give it one more. I'm 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 gonna watch it. I, <laughs> I still haven't watched it. You know, me and superhero movies. Oh, but you guys would be proud. I am watching the boys, Corey, and I yeah, have to know. say, yeah. Homelander yeah. is a piece of shit, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, man, Homeland Homeland is wild. 
Homelander is wild. He he looks like a more rugged version of uh, what's the dude's name? Army Hammer. Like, yeah, <laughs> don't talk yeah, about yeah, Army yeah. Hammer right now. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's going through some shit. But he he comes. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, oh my uh, god, we can't even get into it, bro. Yeah, I don't know. Cool. He's, I'll Google it. Something. <laughs> yeah, something go ahead. And Google I don't it. even know like all the story. All I know is, is whatever's happening is very wild. But it doesn't yes. surprise me. He has like a douchey face, you know. So I would imagine that he does douchey things. Um, he he's like the real life Homelander. <laughs> anyway, allegedly, allegedly, because I don't I don't know if, whatever he's done or hasn't done. I'm just talking shit. So, um, thank y'all Whoa. for. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell, yo? Yeah. Y'all just googled it. Yeah. Yep, what I definitely fuck? just. Yo, whoa. That's not becoming of the Lone Ranger. Yeah. Yo. Get fast old movie. And I That's like Army Hammer. That's the crazy part. Yeah. I like him as an actor. Yeah. But nah, this is wild. Boy off the chain, huh? Extra wild. Yeah. So so anyway. I would encourage you to look into the details. It's it's very complicated. <laughs> it's very complicated. <laughs> <laughs> All of the above, huh? Yeah. yeah. But um thank y'all for sticking with us, man. Hopefully uh you guys found something that you can go back to and and you know sort of binge yourself into. Uh again, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at kind of movie critics. That's K-I-N-D-A movie critics, and on Twitter at kinda movie crits, C-R-I-T-S. And remember we call ourselves kind of movie critics because we kinda are, we're kinda not. Just a bunch of people that like to watch movies. This has been an on ear network production.